0: Say he wants it all. And there's a song. Somebody help me. Who sings that song? Okay. He wants it all today. He wants it all today. But nevertheless, God wants, he wants it all. And we may think what we have to offer God is not what he wants. But it's not a matter of what he wants it's what he really demands from us. He wants all of our sorrow, all of our pains. He's saying, I want it all casting our cares on him because he cares for us. Now, think about it. When a soldier goes into combat and I don't know how many veterans or or Navy or Army or Marines, whatever. Did you serve, sir? Amen. Hallelujah. What branch? Oh, all right. All right. Takes about a hundred. Oh, no, I'm not even going to say that I have. Don't don't get me wrong. I have great respect for the Marines. All right. I have great respect for the Marines. I hold them in, in great high esteem. But before a soldier goes into combat, they have to know how to prepare themselves. They need to know what type of gear do I need to take? they need to know how many bullets do I need how much first aid do I need all of these things have to be taken into account before they go into battle it is important to know that and the way that they know this is by way of Intel y'all say Intel so the intelligence tells them you're going to be going against this size army these number of people and these are the type of weapons they have so based upon their intelligence They know they have to know how to pack. Now, if a soldier packs too lightly, then they may not have what they need to defeat their enemy. Amen. But if a soldier carries too much, then by the time they get to the battle, they're weary and they're tired and they are not able to fight. So our soldiers, our men and women depend heavily on the intelligence that they receive in order to prepare prepare them for the battle. Now understand that in our lives, in our daily walk, we have to make decisions each and every day. These things depend on this, what we have, what we gain, and what we lose. The things that we have, the things we gain, and the things that we can lose. Now the things we have, we may be content. They don't need to go anywhere. They're fine right where they are. But then there are things that we want to gain. I want to go back to school. I want to get a higher education. I want a bigger house. My car is getting old. But think think about the things that we need to lose. Are there some things in our lives that we need to let go? And not necessarily the tangible, the things we need to put our hands on, but maybe the things in our heart. So it may be the things that we have in our heart, the things we need to gain in our heart, the things we need to lose in our hearts. But whatever it is, do not let the enemy, do not let Satan say Satan. We don't want to pretend we want to pretend that he doesn't exist. We want to think that he's a guy in a red suit with a pitchfork and horns. And that's not him. He is for real. And he will try to turn you around. He will try to make you think you need to hold on. To that bitterness. You need to hold on to that anger. What they did to you was totally wrong. And if you went up and cussed them out and slapped them, you'd be totally justified. That's who we're dealing with. But when it comes to things like anger and frustration and unforgiveness, remember, God is saying what? He wants it all. Give it to God. He wants it all. So let's go back to Joshua chapter 6. And again, this is one of those. Uh, abbreviated portions of scripture that I mentioned a minute ago Joshua chapter 16 or chapter six beginning at verse 16 and for this particular portion I'm going to use the new international version it says the seventh time around when the priest sounded the trumpet blast Joshua commanded the army shout for the Lord has given you the city and then the first part of 17 says the city and all that was in it are to be devoted to the Lord the city and all that are that's in it are to be devoted to the Lord now the NIV says devoted the King James says the accursed thing the accursed thing because God knew that there were many idols there were many treasures in there that were gained by illegal means or used for the wrong purpose So God's saying when the walls come down and you see all of this that you can grab your hands onto, don't get it. Do not take it, because if it destroyed them, it will destroy you. And God's not saying, well, give it to me. I want it. I'm broke. God's not saying that he's not going to use it. But he wants he doesn't want us to grab hold of things that if it destroyed this person, what makes us think it won't destroy us? So God's saying he wants it all. So then let's go to chapter seven, beginning at verse one. But the Israelites were unfaithful in regard to the devoted or the accursed things. And again, accursed comes from the King James version. Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zimri, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of them. So the Lord's anger burned against Israel, not just against Achan, but against Israel. Verse two. Now, on the other hand, Joshua sent men from Jericho to I, that's pronounced I, which is near Beth-Avon, to the east of Bethel, and told them, go up and spy out the region. So the men went up and spied out I. And when they returned to Joshua, they said, not all the army will have to go against I Send two or three thousand men to take it and do not weary the whole army. For only a few people live there. Sounds like pretty good odds. Send two or three thousand. So about three thousand went up. But what does the Bible says? But then they were routed by the men of I. Now, David was a mighty warrior. How many of you all know that? And he had very well-trained men. But when they went into battle, there were oftentimes spoils or goodies, treasures that they could take their hands and put, they could take into their own. But how many of you know that our obedience means doing what the Lord commands and not what we desire? True obedience means doing what the Lord commands and not what we want. Since God already gives us all that we need, why are we going to try to get more? Now, oftentimes people will pray and say, Lord, I want this. I want this. And they pray and they pray. And God's saying, no, you know you can't handle that, whatever that is. And sometimes we will go out of our way. We'll make phone calls. It's like, come on, man, give me that job. Give me that job. And Lord says, finally, if you want it bad enough, I'll let you have that job. And then people are wondering, have you seen so-and-so? No, I ain't seen him. What's he doing? He working that job, man. It started off 40 hours a week, Monday through Friday. Now he's working 12 hours, 12 days, excuse me, 12 hours a day, seven days a week. Because you want it so bad and God's saying, no, I want it all. And if you give me your heart, I will provide everything you need. I will provide everything but even though God said I will give you the city it wasn't for their personal use because he says I will give you the city but then it turns right around and says but the the city was to be devoted to God how many of you have ever heard of an amnesty program an amnesty program they'll tell you if you ever find weapons or drugs you can bring them to the police station or a particular drop-off point You can give it away, no questions asked. And sometimes they might say, well, here's two tickets to go to the movies. Or here's tickets to go to a baseball game. But they don't try to prosecute you based upon what you turn in. And God is saying the same thing. But look at it like this. You happen to notice in that empty lot across the street that there's something not funny about it. So you look over there and you're like, man. There's some drugs over here. So you're like, well, I just take the drugs and sell them myself and I'll make money. Right? People think that. Oh, I just found a gun. Let me go rob a liquor store. Just because you found it doesn't mean it's a good thing. Hey, ain't nobody looking. This ain't, this is just an empty lot. But that is a devoted or the accursed thing that God's saying, no, you can't have it. Give it to who it belongs to, and it doesn't belong to the drug dealer. It doesn't belong to the pimp. It belongs in the trash. It doesn't belong in our hands, amen? God's saying he wants it all. He wants it all. Now, let's look at a similar story, not just in Joshua, but in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, a story that some of you may be familiar with. Acts chapter five, beginning at verse one, it says, now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. And what was told in, the, in chapter four was that the people came together and when they saw others had need, they would go and sell their possessions to make sure those who were without, those who were in lack, had enough things. So they got together, Ananias and Sapphira, and said, well, let's sell this piece of property. Then verse 2 says, with his wife's full knowledge, he did what? Kept back parts of the money for himself, but bought what? The rest and put it at the apostles' feet. God gave you something. And God's saying, are you willing to sacrifice that back to me? Yeah, Lord, I'll sacrifice it back to you, but I'm only going to give you a part. Why are you trying to hold back from God what he has blessed you with? And when it's something that God doesn't want you to have to begin with, he wants it all. Amen. He wants it all. Y'all are quiet today. Is everybody all right? Okay. Okay. Then verse three says, then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and you have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? What made you think of doing such a thing? And this is abbreviated verse four. What made you doing such a thing? You have not just lied to human beings, but you've lied to God. God wants it all. God wants it all. And I don't want anyone to get that mindset that I'm just talking about. He just blessed you with a new house and he's saying, All right, give me the house back. But but Lord, well, you know what it says in Job the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's not what he's saying. But when God gives us the desires of our heart, and prayerfully, those are spiritual things, but even the natural things. When God blesses us, with things. We can't get so wrapped up when God says, hey, can you turn your head away from that new TV set and and give me a few minutes? Look, I know what HD is. I created it. I know all about, you know, going from zero to 60 in in 5.8 seconds. I know what it feels like to go to the bank and cash a check because you've got a brand new job. But can you turn away from that just for a minute? remember who gave you that house can you remember who gave you that job who gave you those clothes that make you look so good that everyone is all a rave about because we can have everything in the world we want but if we don't give God our hearts if we don't give God our hearts what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul God's saying, I want it all. Don't forget about Abram or Abraham. Pray, Lord, give me a son. Give me a son. Give me a son. Oh, don't worry. I got somebody in line. Look, I'm standing here, and the only person I got is this servant over here. Don't get me wrong. He's faithful. He'll do whatever I ask him to do. But he's not my blood. Okay, you want a son? I'll give you a son. Joyfully, gratefully. I will give you a son. And God made promises to him and finally gave him a son, even at 100 years old. And what did God do? Hey, give me your son. What? It took me 100 years to get get this boy, and now you want him back? Yeah, I want your son. I want it all. All right, God, you say so. And he packed everything up left his servants behind and said, hey, daddy, oh, daddy, where's the sacrifice? (laughs) Don't worry about it. The Lord provides. And and that place was called Jehovah Jireh because that's when he knew God was his provider. He still didn't see it. But behold, God provided a ram in the bush. So God is saying, even when it looks like there is no way out, I will provide if you let him have it all. If you let him have it all. So what happens to Ananias and Sapphira? They both ended up dying. First the husband and then the wife. What made him think that he could lie and tell them, well, this is all the profits from the land that I sold. No, it's not. And you didn't lie to me. You lied to God. You lied to God. So I will say from that, don't give God the rest. Give him the best. Don't give God the rest. Give him the best. So my first point is this. Ask yourself, what is my devoted thing? What's my accursed thing? What am I still holding on to that I don't want to let go? Who hurts you and you can't let it go? Well, Lord, he he hurt me and I've forgiven him. But how many times do I have to give him? Seven times? What did Jesus say? Seventy times seven, which only equals four hundred and ninety. So when you get to 489, you're like, after this, I ain't got to forgive him no more. But the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13th chapter, the love chapter, it says love keeps no record of evil. Say what now? No record of wrong. So 490 is just the beginning. If it takes 4,990 times, we have to continue. So what is the devoted thing, the accursed thing that we don't want to let go? Joshua chapter seven, verse one. It says, but the Israels were unfaithful in regard to the devoted things. God didn't just look at Achan. He looked at the nation. He looked at the nation. And I'm going to expound a little bit on that in a minute. The things we hold on to be, it could be a thing, a thought, or an attitude. A thing, a thought, or an attitude could be my devoted thing that I refuse to give God. Lord, when they give me the money back they owe me, I will forgive them. When my teacher apologizes for embarrassing me in the class, I'll let it go. When I get that promotion, I've been at this company longer than all these other people. And they promoted this person, just came down off just out of the streets. Well, I decide who gets promoted. Because maybe you are just not ready. So what is the accursed thing that we refuse to let go? If we aren't careful, we can truly justify that we need something, that God is saying we need to let it go. I need that, God. I need it. Number two, understand that it's not just about me. Say that. It's not just about me. It's not just about me. If you get tired and start leaning over to your left what's gonna happen okay and then she's gonna be like get off me <laughs> and then she's gonna make her move over and it's a chain effect so even when one person gets weary it affects another person even going back to our soldiers who go into combat they get down it's like all right man i got the gun where are the bullets what you mean you ain't bring the bullets I got the snacks <laughs> because we all rely on each other. And when I fail, it's going to cause it's, it's going to cause you to fail. When you succeed, we succeed. It's not just about me. In 7.11, um, the latter part of the verse, it says they had taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen, they have lied, and they have put them with some of their own possessions. So you take this thing that that you're not supposed to have and you just put it with the other things that you already have. Well, how did you get those things? So before you know it, after a while, it just kind of blends in. It just all begins to blend in. But never think. And some people will say, oh, well, you know, I'm going to go out here and uh, I'm going to just I'm going to just go out here and uh, and and smoke a blunt. It's a victimless crime. I'm going to go out here and because I've had so much that I cannot deal with it anymore, I'm going to run out in front of this car and just commit suicide. It's a victimless crime. Trust me, I don't care if you're homeless and you have no money. Whatever you do in life, somehow or another affects someone else. And let's, I mean, let's just be honest. Someone has to take your corpse and prepare it and place it in the ground. And people will wonder, well, who is this man? We don't know. Doesn't he have a family? We don't know. It's not just about you. So I'm going to just come to work just a few minutes late every day for a week. So what? I'll just stay a little bit later. But what kind of example are you setting for the other people in your office? Is it okay to just come in a little bit late? The Bible tells us that whatever we do, do is unto the Lord. Lord Jesus, I need you right now. I need you right now, right now, right now. And Jesus is like. I'll be there a little late (laughs) every day (laughs) this week. You're late every day. Why do you want me to be on time? Are we not? We want God to be on time, but we're not on time. So it's not just about us. Achan went up and did what he did. David being the great fighter that he was in first Samuel chapter 23 when he was running from Saul because Saul was trying to kill David at this point he's running from Saul David only had about 600 men but he went into battle against thousands of men think about this you can have all the soldiers you want and go against armies twice your size but if God is for you it's more than all the world against you but you can have a thousand men and go against one person but if you're not in the will of God you will lose and in this case they went in a battle with two or three thousand men they lost 36 men and they're like no We're losing this battle. They lost 36 men out of 3,000. And they said no. And they started running because they knew they were outside of the will of God. Something was wrong because of what Achan did. So whatever happens in your life happens in my life. Whatever happens in Sister Lori's life happens in Sister Esther's life. It affects because we're all tied together. So it's never just about you. It's never just about you. And finally, in, I'm going to skip from the NIV version to the New Living Translation. When God's saying he wants it all, he's just saying, be honest with me. Be honest with me. That's that's all I'm asking you. Just be honest with me. Did you drink the last of my Kool-Aid? No. Did you eat my cookie? No. <laughs> be honest with me. I promise you, I won't get upset. Whole time you're pulling your belt off. Just be honest with me. Yeah, I ate it. Okay, let's talk about this. These are your cookies, and these are mine. That's your sandwich, and these are mine. If you want more, I will give you more, but don't take what's mine. God's saying, give it all to me. He wants it all. Don't try to take God, what God has given you. If you want more, God will give it to you. So in Psalms 51, verse 17, again, the New Living Translation. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, oh God. The King James Version says a contrite heart. But either way, this is what it means. When we come to God and say, Lord, I don't have an answer. I don't know why I got so upset. Lord, there's nothing, when I look at you and I look at your word, and I look at myself in the mirror, there's nothing that justifies my actions. Why I didn't do what I should have done. Lord, all I can ask now is forgive me. That's all I can ask, Lord, is forgive me. Many occupations these days do extensive background checks before they'll hire you. They want to check your credit. They want to check your criminal background. They'll check your driving record. And guess what? They'll look for you on Facebook they'll look for you on Facebook. What are you posting on Facebook? You want to talk about how you hate the president. You want to talk about how we're not doing enough for the people. You want to talk about how these politicians and everybody is over overpaid. Well, guess what? You're not getting a job. Because if you will say those things about the government, what will you say about your employer? So we have to be very careful. And some are willing to allow for exceptions. Some companies will say, hey, well, you don't need a top security clearance to work this job. And they'll look and they'll make exceptions. But nobody wants a liar. God's saying he wants it all. But if you're going to lie, he can't deal with us until we stop lying. Lying to him, lying to others, lying to ourselves. Some may be willing to overlook sin, but what's to stop us when we leave that door open? What's going to stop us when we leave that door open? So I want to I show you all this. This is me. Just a glass. All right. And you can't really see it, but there's some there's some dirt in the bottom of the glass. No big deal, right? The rest the rest of the glass is clean, right? Anybody can identify with this. The rest of the glass is clean, but there's, there's just a little bit of dirt in the bottom. But suppose you kind of uh, decide, you know, I need to change my life. There's some things, Lord, that I need to let go. So the Lord begins to pour his spirit in us. And we think, well, you know, I feel better now. I I feel like something in my life that was missing is not missing anymore. I feel God's spirit in me, but look at that water. Who wants to drink this? Who wants to drink this? i give you today. No, I won't give you the offering. <laughs> but who wants to drink this? But then we start getting more and more in God's word and God begins to stir us up. And guess what? That water that was somewhat clear is now getting even cloudier. And we're wondering, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Lord, I thought you were trying to change me. You were trying to build me up. I'm giving it all back to you, but I'm just getting dirtier and dirtier. And God's saying, because you haven't given it all to me. You haven't given everything back to me. Remember when I first poured into you? When you said, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I'm going to give it all to you. Yeah. Well, I need you to keep doing that. Not keep asking me to come into your heart, but keep letting me pour into you. And as God continues to pour into us what was once so dirty, the more and more God pours into us. And it takes a long time. Some things that God takes away from us, they're immediate. But as God continues to pour his spirit in us over time, and all of a sudden we notice we're not as dirty, we're not as dark, we're not as cluttered as we used to be. We don't have those devoted or accursed things in our lives anymore. God's spirit just pours into us over and over and over and over and over and over. Lord, fill me till I want no more. Hallelujah. And that water that was so dirty. And guess what? There's still some things in there that need to be gotten rid of. But doesn't this look a whole lot cleaner? How many of us can look back and wonder how we got over? How in the world did I get here? I remember when I didn't have two nickels to rub together. I remember when I was going to school and I couldn't cheat on a test. But Lord, now I'm praying before I study. I'm praying before I take tests and I'm getting a's and b pluses i have teachers pulling me to the side asking me are you going to college i've got people asking me hey why don't you come work for me i'll pay you more than what that other person's paying when you can walk into a store and and somebody says as a matter of fact the other day my sister and i i told her to meet me somewhere and we went to go buy something i'm not going to tell you what But the price was like $10 and some change. And they asked, well, are you a rewards member? We looked at each other like, well, I know I'm not. So the the woman behind the register took and swiped her card. And guess what? What normally would have cost, you know, $10 and 50 cents cost $5 and 27 cents. Because we're continuously letting God pour into us and your light shine. And people will say, I don't know what it is about you, but I'm going to give you a break. I don't know what it is about you, but I'm not giving you a ticket today. That doesn't mean we can speed. But God wants to just continuously just pour into us. And it's like, Lord, how come nothing's changing? You got to give it some time. If you let me keep pouring into you, it's going to clear up. It's going to clear up. Amen. Y'all understand all of this? Hallelujah. Now, I, I want us to understand, in, in our prayer, um, we talked about beating ourselves up. And I want everyone right now a transparent moment. How many of us are beating ourselves up, don't, don't want to know what it is? How many of us are beating ourselves up about something that we did a long time ago or haven't forgiven ourselves about something that God's saying, it's so far underwater because I cast it into the sea of forgetfulness. It's so far in the depths of the sea, no man could ever find it. I don't even know where it is because I forgave you. So I don't want us to get in that mood today that this message is about beating ourselves up. This word on today is about releasing that accursed thing that attitude that mindset even if that mindset is Lord I can't why can't you because I don't know how I'll teach you. I'll put people in your lives people older people younger the Bible says and I'm not tooting my own horn, but the Bible says that I give you pastors out of my own heart There are so many resources on the internet, in libraries and bookstores. Go on the internet, YouTube, Google. There are so many different ways, like that amnesty program. Well, If I turn this in over there, they know me over there, and they might try to arrest me. Well, then turn it in over here. There are so many places we can go and let it go, whether it's in your closet, behind the wheel of your car, in the classroom let it go because he wants it all so if I give God a clump of dirt if I give him a shoe with no sole if I give him a TV that doesn't work what will he give me in return God will give you beauty for ashes it's it's like the scrap man won't even give me, the scrap man won't even take that. The junk man, the junk junkyard says it's too much junky. We think what we have to give God is worthless. Lord, all I have is an is a ugly attitude, an impure heart, hatred towards my parents and people who hurt me. And God's saying, I want it all. I want it all. I will make you so joyful. I will make you so glad. But you got to give it all. Amen. Just take a moment and listen to this song. Thank you for finding this. Your whole heart, he wants it all today. Love me, serve me with your whole heart, he wants it all today. Can go of your idols, he wants it all today, he wants it all today, he wants it all today, he wants it all God's saying let go let go of anything anyone that stands between you and him and trust me I'm not and and let's not lose our mindset I'm not an Oakland I'm like neither here nor there with the Oakland Raiders but I became a fan of the Oakland Raiders when I found out that their quarterback who at one point just Maybe this year, last year is the highest paid athlete in the NFL, but guess what? He's a child of God. So there's nothing wrong with having all of this money as long as you put God first. There's nothing wrong with having anything material as long as you keep God first. But as soon as it gets Between you and God and we thinking we can steal it and put it in our back pocket and nobody knows what happened. They sent thousands of men into battle and they began to die one by one because they thought they could hide it from God. I'm going to ask everyone to stand, please. we truly pray that everyone receives something from this message and again download our church app and all of these notes are up there for you to read take notes and go back and see see what the word of God is telling you but how many of us are willing to say in fact I want everybody just to raise your right hand Say, I do. All right, now take your right hand and put it over your heart. I want y'all to repeat after me. Dear God, I thank you for this word. The word of God. Lord, I know it's been trying. It hasn't been easy. I know it takes time. But I'm giving you my all. I'm giving it back to you everything that Satan tempted me with I'm giving it back to you everything my flesh desires I'm giving it back to you all of my anger all my bitterness all my frustrations all my greed anything not like you I'm giving it back to you. Pour into me, Holy Spirit. Pour into me, Holy Spirit. Make me clean. Make me new. Renew the Spirit in me. Remove my transgressions. Remove my sin. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah hallelujah all right you all may be seated hallelujah we thank God for each and every one of you today we're going to ask did all of our guests get a connect card okay we're going to ask if all of our guests And when we mean guests, we mean just like if you came into our house, you are a guest. We let you uh, prop your feet up and sit on comfortable furniture. Get comfortable, whatever you want to do. But all we want to do is is we're not asking you to join on the day, but we want you to fill out a connect card. And all that says is that we just have a record of your visit. All right. That's all. It doesn't commit you to anything. Just so we know who you are. Amen. So we're going to ask that of you on the day. We thank God uh, once again for our praise and worship team. And I want to make this note. Uh, I used to leave my notes up here. Uh, and then Sister Lori started putting her um, some of her lyrics up here, just as a reference. And I asked her, is it okay if I put my notes up here with yours? She goes, no, that's your pulpit. You're the pastor and you're preaching. But she's preaching in song. When you get in a place, whether you're driving or washing your face or whatever you're doing, when you praise God, you are preaching. And nobody can take that from you. Well, I don't know what what Jeremiah, the third chapter and the fourth verse says. You don't have to. If you can say, Lord, thank you. Preach. Preach to yourself. Give thanks. Give thanks unto God.